0: Now I want to begin today by asking you a question. And the question is this. Does the church really matter today? Is our message relevant? If the church were to disappear, would it make any difference in our lives? The answer is absolutely yes. Because the church has some big answers to some big questions that we all ask. The problem is that in America it's very difficult for us to appreciate that let me explain our understanding of right and wrong has so been so impacted by Christianity that it's impossible for us to fully appreciate it we've been born into a culture where certain values are accepted we've come to believe that everybody thinks the way that we do but that's just not the case is it Because we're accustomed to this, we can't appreciate the value of the local church and the benefit of Jesus Christ and how he's impacted our culture. So perhaps the best way for us to appreciate that is to look at somebody else's perspective. Now let me tell you something. This fascinated me when I read it. Listen, David Aikman was the bureau chief in Beijing, China, for Time magazine for many years. He wrote 12 or 13 books he lectured at Harvard and other Ivy League schools. When he was working for Time magazine, he interviewed everybody from Alexander Solzhenitsyn to Mother Teresa to Billy Graham. So while he was in Beijing, he had access to all kinds of heads of ministries in the communist government. During that time, he did many interviews, and I want to read a statement of one of the people that he interviewed about the impact of Christianity on our culture here in America today. Aikman records the statement. This is from a Chinese socialist scientist. He was indoctrinated in Maoism. You know Mao Zedong, the leader of the Communist China? who carefully studied the West, they looked at it carefully. What they did was they said that they asked the smartest and the brightest to look into what was accounted for America's success. In fact, they said America had preeminence in the West and influenced the rest of the world. So this group of social scientists were given this task because China wanted to become a world player in our world today. They wanted their economy to flourish, so they sent their smartest guys out to the West to see what they could learn and how they could emulate what we were doing. They said, we studied everything from the historical to the political to the economic to the cultural impact. And at first, they thought, we thought it was because you had bigger guns. We thought that's what made the influence in the world. That made me laugh when I read that. There was a simple explanation. They said, you've got bigger guns. You've got more powerful economy. You've got a wider influence. Well, they said, no, that's not it. Then they said, it's because you've got the best political system. They said, no, that's not it. They said, it's because you've got the best economic system. I said, no, that's not it either. And then they said this, but in the past 20 years, we realized that the heart of your culture is your religion, Christianity. And that's what made the West so powerful. Now, now, you hear who's saying that? Isn't that amazing to you that they made that observation and they looked at us and they said, that's the most powerful thing you've got. But we don't think that way in our country, do we? Many of us today, if you ask us what makes America great, a lot of times people will say, well, it's our economy, or we've got a lot of airplanes or smart bombs, or we've got an incredible landscape from border to border. We're covered with land until you get to the ocean. But China discovered it was our Christianity. They went on to conclude that the Christian moral foundation of the social and cultural life was what made it possible through capitalism and then they said you know we need to have a, tr- a different transition in their country they, they made this observation to democratic politics and then w- they said we don't have any doubt about it it would make a difference but it wasn't just capitalism that impressed them what they began to see because of our faith was it was capitalism with a conscience Capitalism alone wouldn't get them there. Bigger bombs wouldn't get them there. The secret they discovered was in our values, our fundamental beliefs, the cohesion that was brought together, the sense of right and wrong and human rights because of Christianity. The studies by these Chinese socialists reveal that in their own country now, here's what they discovered. In rural areas where traveling evangelists introduced Christianity, that opium addiction went down, that crime went down, and that Christian families grew wealthier than their non-Christian neighbors. They discovered what we have lost sight of. The church really does matter. The church makes a cultural difference in our world. The secret is our belief system, our value system, the dignity that we give to men, women, and children. And it comes from our Christian heritage, but we've taken it for granted and we can't see it because we think that all of that just comes naturally. We think that our view of right and wrong is just natural. I mean, doesn't everybody think the way we do? the answer to that is no, they don't. You've been so extraordinarily impacted by the church and by Christianity and by the New Testament and other nations looking at us recognize that. Does the church matter? We not only are stewards of a message of eternal life, but we're stewards of a message of a, a more impactful life, a better life, a better quality of life right now human nature is racism you look different from me I'm better than you and that's just human nature human nature is adultery adultery everybody's against adultery and yet it's so prevalent today why its nature left to itself that's what nature is about its natural cheating the only reason some people don't cheat on their taxes is because they're afraid they'll get caught, and so they don't do it. But it's human nature for people to try to figure out a way to do that. Left to our own devices, sometimes people would try to get away with things that human nature would lead them to. And that's why we see so much in the world today that's natural. People just lie, and they cheat. They believe in slavery. They say, first come, first serve. They say an eye for an eye. But we can't fully appreciate how much the church really matters because of what the teachings of the church say. We can overcome and we can create a superior standard of living. That's what the church teaches, a superior lifestyle to what nature left to its own would dictate. In other words, believing in God and following the principles of the church are much better than what nature would offer us if we just followed that. Now, the Apostle Paul talked about this, and he talked about it specifically in Galatians, the fifth chapter. He says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, you all have natural desires and behavior, and it's not pretty. If you follow that, in fact, it's sinful. Galatians says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, obvious means that even if you haven't done some of these things, if maybe you thought you could get by with it, you might. The Scripture says the acts of the flesh are obvious, and then it says the first one, sexual immorality. Every single person who's in this room right now knows at some point in your life you have been tempted because immorality is natural. Immorality is what the direction of nature takes us to sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. We don't use that word debauchery much anymore. Do you know what that means? Debauchery is just whatever, whenever, with whoever. That's basically what it means. Can you imagine living in a world where you just lived that out all the time and you had no consequences for doing it? Did you know that in the first century there was a culture like that? It was the Roman culture. And there have been other cultures since then who adopted those same principles and who lived that way. Many of them were destroyed from the inside out. Can you imagine what the community and the world and schools would look like if somebody didn't put the brakes on that part of human nature because it's sinful? Galatians goes on and says this, Idolatry and witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, and factions. You see, what's idolatry? Idolatry is when you and I say that stuff is more important than people. You see, hatred and discord. It's jealousy. It's natural when other people have something or when they look better than you and you don't like it because you want to have what they have or you want to look like them and so you don't like them. Witchcraft is trying to harness the supernatural for your own selfish desires. Did you know it's almost impossible to celebrate somebody else's success if they've got more than you've got? (laughs) Sometimes we think, hey, listen, if I just had a little bit more, right? Well, That's what nature teaches us to do. Galatians says this, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Now, do you know why we have laws in the world today? Because nature pushes us in all of those directions. Left on our own, we might cheat and steal and take advantage of other people. So we have to have laws to follow to keep us from doing that. Does the church matter? Is it important today? Absolutely. Because if things went the way that things naturally go, then we wouldn't want to live in that society, would we? So Paul says there's another way to live. He gives us an alternative, a better picture. And This is what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit See how he makes a comparison? Now, the Spirit is who energizes those first century followers. The followers of the way were filled with the Spirit. The Spirit was who inhabited believers when they said that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, who rose from the dead and died for our sins. And they were willing to say that even with threat of persecution or even death. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit moves in and begins to inform our conscience. When the Spirit moves to live a life following Him, even if there weren't any laws, then that would be to do the right thing. Did you know that? You know, what if we were just so filled with the Spirit that they didn't even have to have laws? We just all followed the right way to live. Did you know when the great revivals that have taken place in history took place, and I'm talking about in America in 1858 and in Wales in 1904 and other times, did you know that the crime rate just disappeared? During those great revivals, they didn't need judges or courtrooms or lawyers because criminals just stopped being criminals. They started doing the right thing because they were all caught up in what was moving and what was happening. Listen, Galatians goes on, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is you first. I'll wait for you. Love is I'm going to sacrifice for you even if I don't get anything back for it. And you don't find that in nature. The scripture says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Do you know what people who have affairs don't have? They don't have any peace. There was a woman who confessed to me one time that earlier in her life, she'd had an affair. She was not having it at the time. She said, during that time, I was so miserable, but I couldn't stop. She said, I hated myself and what I was doing. She said, there wasn't a day or a night that went by that it just didn't consume me, and I thought about it all the time. She said, one day I was driving down the highway, And I had this thought, and it scared me. It occurred to me that if I just steered my vehicle a little bit to the right, that it would hit the end of the bridge, and it would probably end my life. And she thought to herself, my goodness, I don't need to commit suicide. And she went to counseling, and she moved beyond that, and she stopped having that affair. The people in that state, they don't have any peace. There's no patience or kindness Paul wrote that when Rome ruled the world, there was no such thing as kindness. It was might makes right, and the emperor's word was law. In Galatians, it says kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Faithfulness is, I said I'd stick by you through good and bad, and I will. Faithfulness is, it doesn't matter whether the law tells me to do it or not. I am going to be faithful. The scripture says gentleness and self-control. Now self-control runs contrary to everything nature teaches us to do. Look at each other right now and say, what we need is more self-control. Go ahead and tell each other that right now. I didn't say to say you need more self-control. I said tell each other we need more self-control. Right? Now why do we need self-control? Hey, let me give you an idea. What if we had a self-control month, and we just all celebrated self-control? You know what would happen? We'd be skinnier. (laughs) We'd be healthier. And you know what? We'd get along with other people a whole lot better, wouldn't we? In our culture, can you imagine what would happen if we would just embrace that one quality, that one value, the difference it would make? And then the Apostle Paul has a list of what a person in a community looks like who is filled with the Spirit of God. It says, Against such things there is no law. When a nation embraces the deeds and activities fueled by the Holy Spirit, there's no need for law. Isn't that awesome? Does the message of the church matter? We're stewards of a message of eternal life, but we're also stewards of a message of a better life, a quality life right now. Now listen to me, and I want you to catch this. The church has never said that all cultures are equal. We've never believed that. From the very beginning, the church has always said, this is a superior culture. Living a Christian life is better than anything else, isn't it? The first centuries' church always said our way of life is superior, and yes, we unapologetically want everybody else to adopt our values because they're the best. It's the church that says forgive when the world says an eye for an eye. Forgive because you've been ge- forgiven. Accept because you've been accepted. Serve because you've been served. The church says value people in society whose society says have no value. It's the church that says give even if nothing is coming back to you. It's the church that says show mercy even if others don't show mercy to you. It's the church that says love your enemies. So who else is saying that? Nobody. Nobody. Does our message really matter? Of course it matters because we have the message of eternal life and we have the message of a better life. It's the church that says sex isn't for mature people. Sex is for married people. You have a soul and God has given you this intimacy of oneness with a very specific person purpose in mind. If that message disappears from the culture, we treat people like they're nothing more than a body. It's the message that China looked at, and they said, that's what we're missing if we're going to be what the West has become. Now, if you want to imagine what a nation looks like when all of the teaching that we've talked about is not there anymore, just go back a few years and look what happened to the Soviet Union where they tried to have an economic incentive, but they could never get any traction. They essentially went bankrupt because they decided that the state was God instead of God. And they tried to have free enterprise, but they had no conscience, and it was not informed by Scripture, and it continues to falter and fail. The secret is Christianity and the teachings and the values of Jesus Christ. Have y'all ever heard of Adrian Rogers? He was a minister in Memphis. He served a huge church. He was on television, online. You could watch him. He died in 2005. But before he died, he told this story, a true story, about what happened to him. He got on a plane in Memphis. When the plane was airborne, there was a man sitting beside him. Adrian Rogers said he reached down and he picked up his Bible and he started to read the Bible. The man next to him was reading a magazine and after a few minutes the man put down his magazine he said, sir, could I ask you a question? He said, sure. He said, could you tell me why you read the Bible? And Adrian Rogers said this, he said, I've discovered that this book has the solution the three things that plague mankind, sin, sorrow, and death. And from those three things, all of our other problems stem. The man said, oh, okay. And he picked up his magazine and he started reading again. And a long time went by. And then Adrian Rogers said that the man put down his magazine, he looked back at him and he said, I've been sitting here thinking about what you said. And I've been trying to figure out in my mind what things are are not affected by sin and sorrow and death. And he said, I can't think of any. He said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you tell me more about your Bible? What a privilege we have to tell others. My friends, we have been given the stewardship of the message of eternal life. And we've been given the stewardship of a message of a better life right now. We cannot dare to turn our backs on the culture because if ever there was a time in our lifetime when it was time for the church to ramp up and amp up its message, it's now. So here's what I know. With the message of God, we have the power to shape and change lives communities and nations and even our world because the church really is a big deal and we've been given the stewardship of the local church for our generation. Let us pray. God, I pray that we might take advantage of the privilege that you've given us, the opportunity that we have to live the Christian life today. Lord, I pray that we might be your witnesses. I pray that we might say and do what you would have us say and do. Lord, when given an opportunity, when somebody asks us, I pray that you would give us the answer so that we might speak it. Lord, I pray that people who are watching us might see Jesus in us, that they might be drawn to that, that it might be winsome and attractive, that they're not looking just at us, but they're really looking beyond us to what we believe and why. Lord, if people in China can observe from a distance what makes a difference in our country. Surely we can, and surely we can share that message with people in countries all over the world. Lord, it's a privilege. It's an opportunity. And boy, the world needs to hear it right now. I pray that you would use us and bless us that we might be about your business. I pray in your son's name. Amen.